0: This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For months, the United States and European Union have tried to work out their differences over the new electric vehicle tax credit included in the Inflation Reduction Act. And now they're running up on a hard deadline. Additional domestic content provisions required by the U.S. law go into force January 1st of next year, and European officials have argued that EV tax credits in the IRA pose a threat to European industry. They also argue the credits come at a particularly bad time for the continent. European consumers and businesses are already struggling with high energy prices and are possibly facing a recession next year. Now, U.S. and EU officials have met over the last couple of weeks, and it seems like progress has been made, but the details about a potential agreement are still fuzzy. So today we chat with Politico's Doug Palmer about why this EV dispute even exists, and if both sides can actually find a solution. It's Wednesday, December 7. So Doug, the European Union and the United States are trying to come up with some sort of agreement about how the U.S. rolls out the new electric vehicle tax credits included in the Inflation Reduction Act. So remind us what the core dispute is here.
1: Well, the problem is that many European Union electric vehicles won't qualify for the new tax credit because they're not assembled in North America. That's the big problem that the EU has right now. There was a previous version of the tax credit, which European manufacturers were eligible for, even if the cars were produced overseas. But the way the new rule is written, only electric vehicles that are assembled in North America, meaning the US, Canada, and Mexico are eligible. Eligible to receive the credit.
0: And so that would potentially eliminate many overseas models made in Europe. Is that the concern?
1: Yes, that's the case. I mean, European manufacturers make a lot of cars in the United States. And those will be eligible, assuming that they meet other domestic content requirements that take effect beginning in January. Those are domestic content requirements for the batteries and for the critical minerals that go into the batteries. Those start out relatively low and then are phased in pretty aggressively over the next several years, but even domestic manufacturers are worried about meeting those domestic content requirements. So it's kind of a double concern for the EU. First, they don't qualify because of the North American assembly requirement. And then there's these additional domestic content provisions for batteries and critical minerals that makes it hard, even for cars that are manufactured here in the United States to qualify.
0: So that January 1st date for the domestic content requirements to kick in is adding some urgency from the European side, too, to come up with some sort of agreement. Your reporting suggests the U.S. and European Union are saying they're making some progress. So do we have any idea yet what that looks like or what
1: it might look like? Yeah, I mean, no, we don't really. I mean, there's all these various criteria within the law. One is for North American assembly. One is for domestic content requirements for batteries, and one is for domestic content requirements for critical minerals. That's what they have to figure out. It's kind of hard, I think it would be hard for a US official to say a car that's assembled in Europe meets the North American assembly requirement. I mean, maybe they can find some way of finessing that that I don't know at this moment, but that's, that's kind of one issue that they have to decide. And then within the domestic content requirements for critical minerals, there's this line about free trade agreement partners getting preferential treatment. Well, the European Union is an ally, but we don't actually have a free trade agreement with them. But President Biden kind of indicated last week that they could take a flexible view of what that free trade agreement criteria means. It's kind of up to the Treasury Department to issue this guidance, and that's what we're waiting to see.
0: Right. I think the term that Biden used was tweaks, and that's what they're looking to do. And, you know, I'm up here on the Hill, and it just sounds like in Congress, they're really unwilling to reopen the law that is Democrats in Congress. Because, I mean, this was a Joe Manchin bill. He really drove the domestic content requirements. That was a priority. Even Senator Ron Wyden, chair of the Finance Committee, also a priority for him. He doesn't want to change it. So how much of a hurdle is it that Congress doesn't want to reopen it? You know, maybe that shows there's kind of limits to what actually can be done here, right?
1: Right. It really puts the burden on the administration to find a solution. A European official who spoke to reporters had kind of an interesting spin on it, saying they would just like the Biden administration to show political courage and implement these provisions in a way that accommodates the European Union, and then just kind of sit back and see how Congress reacts to it. I mean, basically sort of daring Congress to like, intervene and try to stop the administration from doing what it wants to do or from doing whatever it can do to accommodate the Europeans. Also, on Tuesday, the Interior Department
0: agreed to conduct a new environmental review for a Trump-era oil and gas lease sale in California as part of a proposed settlement of a lawsuit brought by environmental groups. The settlement is awaiting a judge's approval in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California. And that settlement says the Interior Department's Bureau of Land Management will conduct a new environmental review and incorporate new alternatives to its 2019 decision to make over 700,000 acres of land in the state available for oil and gas leasing. For context, two environmental groups, the Center for Biological Diversity and the Sierra Club, along with two California counties, sued Interior after the department announced in December 2020 that it had completed the lease sale. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power-switch, and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our Morning Energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by a mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com RNG.